Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. We didn't use chemical weapons in World War II. You know, you had a someone as despicable as Hitler who didn't even sink to the to the to using chemical weapons. Newsflash, bimbo. I just want to give you the opportunity to clarify something you said that seems to be gaining some traction right now. Uh, quote: Hitler didn't even sink to the level of using chemical weapons. What did you mean by that? I, I think when you come to sarin gas, uh, there was no he was not using the gas on his own people the same way that a shot is doing. I mean, there was clearly, I, I, I understand it, but thank you. There was not in the, in the he brought him into the, uh, to the Holocaust Center, I understand. You are fake news. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It's a terrific show, tremendous show. Frankly, the best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do, and uh, happy Easter as well, everyone. This is uh, Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Rebecca Blonde. Welcome. Hello. And uh, we got a great guest tonight, a guest for whom many of you have uh, been asking, the man, the myth, the legend, Six Hex and Hammer, 666. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me on. Throwing up the horns for people listening. Very cool. Uh, <laughs> Uh, if you um, if you're not good at the internet, if you suck at the internet, as I say, uh, you can find Sticks's links in the description. Find his YouTube channel, his Twitter page. Uh, mo- uh, more on his channel momentarily. Some interesting things to talk about there. But in terms of big news items tonight, uh, you might feel like you're watching a rerun, but you're not. More violence <laughs> in Berkeley this is a regular thing. You know, if it's Sunday, if it's Sunday, it's violence in Berkeley. We're at that point. Uh, we'll talk about the the. Um, the bomb, the mother of all bombs in uh, Afghanistan this week. The Moab dropped on ISIS. We'll get into that. Uh, we're a little bit late because it was early in the week, but we haven't discussed it yet. What the hell happened on United Airlines? So we'll we'll flesh out who's the bad guy in that situation, which, as far as I can tell, everyone's the bad guy. We'll put it that <laughs> way. And uh, you heard it in the intro there. Sean Spicer's big gaffe. Is, it, um, is, he, is he a Holocaust denier? Does he deserve to be fired? All that. Plus, um... Some news that's ongoing right now that we're not even necessarily caught up on. There's this live streamed murder in Cleveland. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll touch on that. But if the chat has any information on that, uh, clue us in because I don't think anybody's really up to speed on that one yet. And then uh, there's also uh, the referendum in Turkey this week about Erdogan's powers. We might discuss that a little bit. But uh, it will be all this and more, of course, on your favorite hour listing material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing the show on iTunes. Thank you for keeping us afloat. Helping us upgrade stuff on Patreon, and thank you for emailing us. That is beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. So without further ado, um, Sticks, we're really pleased to have you. I think um, so much of our audience has been asking to have you for a long time on this show. So I know we've got a lot of overlap, but this is actually the first time that we've been able to speak, all three of us. So that's very exciting. And I just want to give you an opportunity for people 
who might be a part of our audience who don't know you to kind of get to know you. So if you can just describe your channel or what you're about. Um, who is Styx? Who is this, who is this man? <laughs> well, I've emerged as a political analyst. Originally, I was mainly talking about uh, the occult and just politics in general, my own feelings on things, occasionally stuff that was happening in the world. The election comes along. And, you know, people like they, they couldn't watch CNN or MSNBC or something if they wanted fair analysis. So they kept turning to YouTubers. I figured, well, I've got something to say on this topic. I'm going to say it very early on. Things began to progress. I began predicting Trump uh, having at least a good shot at winning the primaries as early as South Carolina after Super mm. Tuesday was basically over. And at that point, and much, much later, people like Nate Silver were still saying he had no chance, so people started piling aboard. So I think that's probably what I'm now best known for, is political analysis, sure. as, opposed, as opposed to before, again, uh, writing books or just speaking about spiritual issues or, you know, occasionally politics. Yeah, and I know you're someone, you mentioned your, your predictive prowess, let's put it that way. I know you're someone who has um, had pretty good foresight in the past. And I think one of the things that I admire most about your work um, is you have a you have a knack to be able to just sit down and as far as I can tell do kind of like one take like you're that kind of guy you can sit down and you can do one take at length and you can explain something and your opinion and your analysis of it at length without I don't know rambling without going off on some tangent uh, it it takes more skill than people realize to create and knowledge the, yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I would say I certainly do get off on tangents in all honesty, but well, uh, maybe so yeah, I, I prefer the long form. It's just part of it was I never had really the technical capability to do all the jump cuts and things that other people got used to doing. So I just stuck with that same format. YouTube lift its, uh, lifted its 10 minute long video cap years ago. And so they just got <laughs> longer and longer. The, well, then it was 15 minutes, then it was half an hour. Now it's, you know, 10 hours, whatever. <laughs> well, that was um, that was pretty useful. Before we went live, I was asking you how long you'd been on YouTube. And you mentioned it's been quite some time. But um, the one thing that I, if you could touch on again, that I think is pretty useful for the audience and um, especially people like Blonde and I who like to bitch privately or publicly about <laughs> YouTube's demonetization, you were, you were mentioning that like things now are actually a lot better than they used to be. Can you explain that again? Yeah. I, I feel for anyone who's had material demonetized. And if like I was using AdSense, I'd be getting zero dollars because everything would be demonetized. So I do understand that. And there is censorship on YouTube. I can understand why people are concerned about more of it because it's been made into this weird sort of literal political issue as opposed to just a tech issue. But YouTube around 20, uh, 2007 through 2010 was many times more censored now uh, than it is now. People kissing would get taken down. Grindcore music, if it had a, an edgy title, black metal got taken down. Um, stuff, you know, people just modeling. Like it, now you can go on YouTube and you'll find people, you know, breastfeeding videos or whatever watching that for some odd reason. Back then, it would have been immediate takedown, and there was no process to get material restored without emailing uh, YouTube directly. You had to actually fire off an email. Now, there was no guarantee that they would respond. Yeah, was I was going to no say, you're telling me a human answered inquiry at YouTube? That must yes. Those were the days. <laughs> in, in oh, the my. Days. But the thing is, they already had so many users and were so bogged down that it took them a while to get to it, and generally the answer was no. 
Uh, yeah. You had to be a larger creator and, and be like, well, this was false flagging or something. Back then, right. before you had verified accounts and all this other stuff, if enough trolls got together and just flagged your video, it would get automatically taken down. Now the automatic response is it gets demonetized. Yeah. It gets set yeah. to restricted mode. It does not get taken down until a human checks and determines that. Um, I see that as superior. It's still censorship. It's still a problem. Although I do believe a few days ago, uh, this is news, I believe that YouTube has now rescinded having automatic restricted mode for people who aren't logged in. I think it, now it's opt-in, I believe, because I did oh, check that, and it looks like they've changed that. So okay. that's, a, I think, a weight off people's shoulders. Yeah. Well, that's uh, still yeah. missing that ad revenue, though. Count your blessings. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's not uh, the hellscape that we thought it was. Maybe it could. I guess, or maybe it's heading back toward the hellscape. Maybe we're regressing Any, back uh, toward the hellscape. Anyone who wants to cover anyone who wants to cover politics, spirituality, anything that could be construed as mildly offensive, needs to switch to crowdfunding. They need to turn off yeah. the ad yeah. revenue. Yeah. Yep. Because it's, it's not going to work for you. All all you need is for a handful of people to decide to mass flag your videos. In the old days, they did it to destroy your channel. Now they do it to get you demonetized yep. in hopes yep. of getting you off the platform. Yep. Uh, so the other, um, the other interesting part of your channel or you personally that I wanted to discuss was uh, the suspicion now, unfortunately, I guess known to be untrue. But at the time, the suspicion that <clears throat> this meme character from a few months back known as Triggered Tequila, I did a video on this. Um, I'll pl so for people who don't remember, I'll show the clip here. Triggered Tequila and Cuck Norris, as they were dubbed, were these two <laughs> who went after uh, this this guy who was sitting in a clubhouse in California wearing a Build the Wall t-shirt. And so they go after him. And at the time, Styx had said, I think Triggered Tequila might be my ex-wife. Now, we'll get some more uh, clarification on that. But these are the two yeah, to refresh your memory. Do you live here? You're I'm a fucking just... dickhead wearing a hashtag build the wall shirt. Why, why do you want to build the wall for? You guys can um, <laughs> leave me alone, please. So you want to build the wall? Are you racist? You're so racist. I've never seen such a racist human being on earth. And this is the thing. I'm Mexican and I have to deal with this Yeah, shit. film it. You have a fucking iPhone 6. It's only holding oh! like two minutes of video, dude. Uh, and I, I still have an iPhone 6 too. I'll, I will always feel demeaned by that. Uh, so, so... <laughs> I'm just I'm picturing you sticks married to this person. You're so racist. I, I, yeah. I don't know why the image of you two together just makes me yeah. laugh. But apparently that's not the case. <laughs> apparently this was not it's, your ex-wife. Yeah, there's only like the, it's a 99 percent chance that that's not my ex-wife uh, because the person apparently on Instagram or something did like some sort of apology and their name was different. I'm not going to obviously say my ex-wife's name. Yeah. yeah although yeah. it's a technically publicly searchable material. This individual looks and sounds exactly like my ex-wife. But the thing is, uh, at the time, it was even more uncanny because I haven't actually talked to my ex-wife since, like, two, I think, mid-2009 or so. Mm -hmm. So people change with time. So when people ask me, oh, well, how can you not know whether it's her or not? Well, it's been almost a decade. Like, people change physically and, and in politics over time. Last I knew, my ex-wife was leaning towards eth hardline ethno-nationalism. But there had been a time when she was more on anarchism and Che Guevara sort of stuff but accents the same looks very similar same glasses same style same fiery attitude 
<laughs> and so I figured, well, at, at the very least, it was so uncanny that it sent like shivers up my spine. Oh, no. Yeah, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had a good laugh. And, and it's probably not actually her, but it was still very funny at the time. Yeah. Well, yeah. so, oh, so, um, dumb and dumber here. So you're saying there's a chance you can't say conclusively. It's not her. Am I reading you correctly? <laughs> I, I can't say with 100% certainty without seeing this person in person, but there's, it's yeah. a very low chance, uh, assuming that she's using her actual name on the Instagram or whatever it was. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so there's yeah. a name difference too. I, I can't, yeah. uh, that, that would be pretty conclusive to me, but I still like to keep the dream alive. <laughs> in any case, I just wanted to get some clarification and closure on that because that would just be uh, be unbelievable if true. But, you know, we are the home of fake news, so uh, we'll provide that fake news for you that uh, he was once married to her. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> I don't know how many times we talked about it. Want to talk about violence in Berkeley some more? Want to talk ah! about who punched who and who lit what on fire and who broke what windows? I don't This stuff is, is so it's it's. It's like a bad TV show. It's like a one-trick pony that, you know, this is this is the bit, and you're going to see it thrown at you 50 times in a row. I, I don't know. I mean, I, do I need to introduce... It's, how many times have I described the events where it's like, oh, yeah, a bunch of people wanted to have a, a peaceful political rally, and um, Antifa didn't like it, so Antifa showed up and tried to uh, kick their asses X, Y, and Z. And that's basically what happened here, as far as I understand. I don't know. I think this was a little bit different, because I think oh, Trump supporters came a little bit more pissed off and they came a little bit more prepared and they seemed like they, they kind of were ready to brawl. Well, so well, they were last time too, but, but this time the air one was of, One of the things that has always fascinated me about Berkeley and I've talked about it is the police response is always to do nothing. And it appears to come from the city manager and the police chief, both right. of whom were installed after they were pretty heavy handed with black lives matter a couple of years ago. So that angle is pretty interesting. I watched uh, Lauren Southern's reporting from the scene now, she said that the police basically made the, 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 the original demonstrators, the, the pro-Trump people, quote-unquote, disarm. So what that means is, like, no sticks, no, no, like nothing that could be used right. as a weapon. So they, they confiscated all that or said, don't bring it. Because they worked with the police, this group did, to try to make sure it was peaceful. Police said no weapons of any kind. Then Antifa shows up. Chaos breaks, breaks out. And there's a bunch of clips we can show here momentarily. And um, and then the police don't intervene. So it, it, it's frustrating to, to have the police say, okay, well, um, remove anything that you could conceivably use to defend yourself. And also, we're not going to defend you. So <laughs> have a fun yeah, time. Really. Welcome to Berkeley, California. So I have just a few, a couple scenes from Berkeley. Most people have seen these, I'm sure. Um, but just to give you an idea of like the scope of the violence and the brawl, like look at how many people are involved in this. Uh, this is a few blocks away from campus in Berkeley. People crying for help, people hitting each other with skateboards. Uh, and then it gets crazier. They move, there's kind of a, I guess they tried to march on them in the street, and there were fireworks and smoke bombs involved. So they start to kind of push them back. It's, it's so interesting to me. You hear this kind of like almost military language. Hold the line. Hold the line. <laughs> like this is a serious war at this point. And I'm, I'm not saying that to diminish this because this is dangerous. It's a legitimately dangerous place to be. But of course, what happens up here in this scene is the punch that everyone's talking about. The punch to that dreadlocked face that will... Okay. 
So that is the meme punch. We'll talk about talk about that momentarily. The Trump people kind of push them back, and then as they're retreating, the the um, Antifa the Antifa people are throwing fireworks. They're throwing M80s and explosives and other just debris at them. Right. Yeah. Those are protest fireworks. Those are not police flashbangs. There's an explosive that Antifa has. We are changed that order. Hey, how come you guys are hanging back? That would be a good question for the chief of police. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen the cops around people and just like beating the shit out of each other. It's a public statement, right? Uh, no, I'm just asking you guys. I mean, you're here. I would defer you to our public information officer. I mean, I'm just wondering why I've been I've been watching all day. People get get you know beat up pretty bad. I haven't seen you guys around much. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, so what? People are getting their asses kicked in Berkeley. Who cares? I I will say this. After looking into the police issue at length, it seems very clear to me that this is a top-down order from the city manager and the chief of police. I do. I'm not going to sit here and say those cops, those individual cops are doing a bad job, even though it's weird. The one guy is like, yeah. And I mean, the attitude is weird. Yeah. But the other guy was sitting in the car and he looked to me like he was just pissed that he has to look like a pussy, that it's not yes. doing anything. I, I got like, that vibe I, too. They have to follow orders. I, I understand that. I mean, and he just kind of, I think they probably wanted to do something. I've seen a few interviews with police that, that looked like they wanted to do something about it, but just couldn't. Well, also, those those cops there, they weren't, like, in riot gear or anything. If they insert themselves into a situation like that, they get seriously injured. Yeah. Especially yeah. If, yeah. If, if they're throwing fireworks and rocks, you know, all it takes is one dude who gets concussed and then beaten until he's dead. I can understand why they wouldn't want that kind of incident. But they should have had somebody uh, involved, at least, to try to stop <laughs> some of the violence. Right, right. Because Antifa's, Antifa's always burning stores to the ground and stuff like that. Uh wouldn't it break a number of fairly serious federal laws to throw, you know, fireworks at people? I would think so. I, I have no idea. The, the whole, the Berkeley police force is just, is incredibly puzzling, forever puzzling. But um, I think the, the great moral debate, the great moral puzzle that comes out of this is, uh, what do we think of the punching? Because when, when you first linked me, I didn't see this until last night. And Blonde, you, you messaged me this. I, the first I saw it was from you. And I watched it, and of course, uh, well, breaking news, you were laughing, you were chuckling a little bit at the punching, and of course, I can't deny the comedy, but what's interesting about this to me is it is somewhat similar circumstances to the Richard Spencer punching, somewhat, not identical, there are some differences, but I, but I think what's interesting here is now we have a reverse situation in which someone, uh, politically, we don't like, Antifa, obviously, getting punched, and it, her... The level to which she asked for it, quote unquote, is kind of unclear. I will say one other thing about the the dreadlocked woman who was punched there. Uh, what did she say? She posted on Facebook before she goes out. Uh, I'm headed out to Berkeley to disrupt the neo-Nazi white supremacist jerk circle today. <laughs> uh, she presumably meant circle jerk. Yeah, Yeah, it's a jerk circle, I guess. Same thing. Uh, nervous, but determined to bring back 100 Nazi scalps. That's what she posted on Facebook. Now, again, maybe that's in jest. Maybe it's not serious. I don't know. And it doesn't mean that she was specifically inciting violence at that point in time or engaged oh, in a... Oh, whatever. They got a fight. They got she the fight they wanted. She wasn't minding her own business. I'll grant you that. She wasn't just whistling with her hands in her pockets on the street doing nothing. Um, 
it's it's going to be hard to say because we don't have necessarily full context either. Like, was she engaged in fighting people or throwing rocks before and then went over to keep going? Or did she sort of wander over and get pushy because somebody else was getting beaten? In which case, you know, did she deserve to get totally knocked out? Probably not. And was just sort of there. But I mean, when Antifa shows up and starts a riot, what the hell do they think is going to happen? I know, I know. It's a take yeah. a little bit of responsibility. These are the these are the people that'll pelt the police with rocks too, and then they act like, oh, well, where are the cops to defend us against these evil like Trump right. Nazis right. or yes. something? Yeah, it's and, nuts. Um, the reason I didn't like the Spencer punching is because I don't like the precedent <clears throat> of violence is a justifiable reaction to a political idea, regardless of how much you disagree with the political idea. And to your point that you're describing, again, without full context, it's hard to say that. Oh yeah, she was punched because of her political worldview. I don't think she was punched just for being a communist or just for being anti-fascist. Necess- I, I'm guessing there is more to the story. I might be wrong, but um, generally... Has Nathan case- commented on this at all? Does anybody know? I don't know. So so you're saying it's... Uh, and I, this is... Well, this is Nathan D'Amigo. This is who did the, who did the punching? Yeah, it's definitely him. Yeah, yeah. Oh. But we don't know if, I mean, it's possible that they had some kind of interaction before. We don't, we don't know the, his side of the story, so. Well, when, well Spencer, when Spencer was punched, there, was, there wasn't any riot going on at the time. There were just protesters. This is right. a little uh, bit of a different scenario well, anyway. Antifa was breaking true. stuff, but he wasn't breaking stuff. Yeah, but, the, but I mean, in the area around him, he wasn't like sitting in the middle of a riot talking to reporters. Yeah. They were sort of in just a general protest. But this is like a, a riot scene, so I'm not sure that we can really compare the events, maybe the so, outcome, so, the right. outcome so, you know, someone got punched, but the, the setting is you know, totally different, I think. So what you're saying is I can oppose the Spencer punching on principle and I can laugh at this dreadlocked punching and not be a wild hypocrite. Do I have permission to do that? <laughs> that's what I want to get. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I don't want to see some random person, even if they're like an Antifa, get punched if they're yes, not doing okay. anything. But, but out of context, we... How are you supposed to know? I mean, Richard Spencer wasn't breaking windows at the time that he was punched. Right. He was talking about ethno-national. It was just an interview, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was just speech. Yeah. Uh, another interesting uh, development out of Berkeley is the continuation of the based Stickman saga. So at the last battle of Berkeley, which again is like a monthly occurrence at this point, you may remember Base Stickman fighting off the hordes of what seemed like Antifa zombies intent on... Uh, invading the stage space or the speaking space that the people had there. Well, he was back, and actually, he was one of the organizers of this event. So they had a bunch of keynote speakers. Uh, really? Lauren Southern was one. Uh, Kyle Chapman is his name, this bass stick man. There were some others um, who were uh, featured speakers of this event. So he was actually promoting this event on social media. So bass stick man goes to this park in Berkeley on Monday to film a promo for his social media accounts to say, hey, I'm speaking, we're doing a free speech rally in Berkeley on Saturday or whatever day it was. Come, you know, come down and have fun or whatever else. Just doing that, he was harassed by people um, and you can debate to what extent they invited violence in this clip, but he was arrested. Based Stickman was arrested as well as the aggressors. This was on Monday and then I saw so, and I'm unclear, for sure he, I'll show the clip in a second, for sure he was arrested on Monday before the this event, but then I saw um, another tweet from the event, this is um, this is from uh, Kiara uh, Robles, I think is her name, but she's the one who was pepper sprayed at the Milo speaking Oh, that's speaking right. Event. 
She had a tweet that was out yesterday that said, um, Bay Stickman is getting arrested. Apparently self-defense is illegal in Berkeley. So I, I should have reached out to her to get clarification, but I, I don't know if this means he was arrested twice. I because think this- he was. And then I saw that he, uh, that we search our Charles Johnson, is that his name? His um, organization, uh, they had crowdfunded like $90,000 for his legal fees. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, <laughs> this is... um. So this clip here is very telling to me because this is just him, as far as I can tell, showing up in the park in Berkeley to do a quick video shoot. And it doesn't appear to be an organized Antifa presence there to battle him. These are just people saying, you know, get the hell out of here. This is kind of, I take this to be kind of indicative of just the political climate in Berkeley in general. But check this out. This is what happened to Bay Stickman on Monday. I wish you could learn how to skate once. I I just got out here. You skate like crap. I skate better than you. You skate like my grandma. Mom, you skate like my grandma. My grandma is better than you. What's that? You the one backing up? What's up? And, th- and that's all the context we get. Now, obviously, he throws oh, the first boy. punch, but there's some kind of, uh, you know, shit talking that precedes it. Does he say, I skate better than your mama and your sister? Yeah. Is that what he said before he got I punched so. in the face? It high, looks high like just, just a bunch of, like, skating bro dudes uh, yeah. with his presence or something. That one's confusing. I don't think that's political at all. Yeah, it's really weird. I, w- I wish there was more context to it so I could know. I mean, I don't know. I've never spoken to Kyle Chapman. I don't know what his demeanor is like. I don't know if he, I would he just start talking shit to people for no reason I, or would they recognize him and go after him? I, I don't know how that originated. I'd be curious I'm to know. To think maybe if these people were like skating, maybe they like wanted to set up the camera equipment in like an area that was in mm. their way, just interrupted them and they got pissed. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, maybe they have no idea who he is. They just think he's some punk ass. <laughs> it was just the American flag is a very triggering symbol in Berkeley, California. I've come to realize uh, at this point. I mean, I, I think uh, we talked about the California secession many times, um, but Berkeley. If you can't get on board for the full California secession, just you know, Berkeley can go to to Cuba or something like that. We'll just yeah. we'll let them have it. They can be revolutionaries, and um, we'll just stay out of Berkeley. You know, the Bay is nice. I spent my time there. It's a nice little, nice little place. But uh, look, if I have to, if I, if I have to let it go to not deal with this kind of crap, all right, fair trade. Yeah, you can have it. Don't care. <laughs> but I don't um, care about California as a whole, and I'm from California. I'm like, you guys can have it. Cal that's, that's really all I got on Berkeley, because, um, because like I said, I just don't think that there's that much new here necessarily i think the most interesting thing to me was oh here's a case where i have to look at another instance of political violence and see if i can stay consistent on my principles (laughs) from last time even though um you know even though i do i can't deny that when i saw it, i chuckled the same way you did so um you know (laughs) in any case um if you guys are comfortable moving on, the next thing I got is probably a pretty short topic because I don't know if there's that much to discuss on this either. But this was the, the, the mother of all bombs was dropped. This was a surprise to me. Uh, same way the Syrian airstrike kind of came out of nowhere for me. I just, I look away from the news and then I look back. Oh, a, uh, what, a 21,000 pound bomb or something. Yeah, 21,600 pounds, 30 feet long, GPS guided, one mile blast radius. Uh, dropped in eastern Afghanistan uh, near the, the Pakistani border, targeted a network of underground tunnels that ISIS had been using to target Afghan government forces. The number as of yesterday, in, according to an Afghan official, had jumped to 94 ISIS fighters killed, including four commanders. 
And U.S. intelligence and Afghan, uh, U.S. officials and Afghan officials, uh, again, this is as of last night, so it's possible that, I, that it's updated. But as of last night, when I looked, they said no civilian casualties. So the idea here was ISIS came in, pushed any civilians who were there out and built this this tunnel system that they had. And uh, basically, uh, nice, nice, clean strike is what it looks like. So I think one of the there is there is footage of the actual strike itself. Um we can check that out. It's uh, overhead footage from the sky, this military footage. So it's somewhere in this valley here. You can see it drop in, uh, and you get a nice big explosion. It's kind of, you can't really see any of the, the details there. Um, so it might not be as satisfying as you like, but that's why the internet always comes up with a solution for things like this. So someone did the courtesy of uploading a Moab test drop uh, to YouTube with uh, an appropriate soundtrack for all of us to enjoy. So if that didn't entertain you, this is courtesy of YouTube. Much more enjoyable Moab demonstration. <laughs> the meme continues forever. <laughs> Yeah, is there, um, I don't think there's anything that that song doesn't improve, including the movie <laughs> Titanic, to be honest. Oh, uh, oh God. The, oh, God. <laughs> the, um, the one thing that was funny about this, uh, and um, like I, I know I heard Sticks talk about it a little bit. You seem to say, look, if it's killing ISIS, that's A-okay with me. Um, oh, yeah. Blonde and I haven't talked about it, but to me this is, if, if, if it's true that this was as precise and and. Um, if it if, if killed almost 100 ISIS guys and nobody else, hard to oppose it. But there's been a lot of kind of fringe voices that are upset about this still for some reason. I don't need to go through a lot of them. Um, but the one tweet that, I, that is like my favorite tweet of the week from this education, higher education consultant in, in London. Um, it's grotesque to call a killing device the quote, mother of all bombs, the Moab is the epitome of lethal patriarchy. Epitome, epitome. Oh, what? I thought, oh, is an epitome a word or am I fake newsing? No, you're fake newsing. I've heard it pronounced epitome. Nope. Uh, now we're, we're going to settle this on the spot. All right, I'm right. No, you are right. It's epitome. Yeah, I, I'm usually good with words, but, you know, sometimes I get them wrong. Thank you for Sky's well, a few deep, just so that our, our yeah. Why well, I, I had to get <laughs> as I was saying. So, uh, Big Sky, the the local ski resort, closed today. So it's always a big party. Um, you know, it's day drunkenness, and um, I, I'm not going to blame that. I'm, I'm not going to make excuses. Rules are rules. <laughs> you are fake news. Very fake news. Okay, now that we're all squared away, settled. Epitome. Epitome. <laughs> now, now people are going to be in my mentions, ripping me and giving me crap. God damn it! I didn't. They need will this. be anyway. You know it. Epitome. The epitome of lethal patriarchy. Yes. No. Well, now I can't even make fun of this guy because I mispronounced his own stupid word. <laughs> but here's here's where I was going with it. I just love that of of uh, the, this attitude, this this academic attitude. Because I don't even know what that means. The epitome of of lethal patriarchy. Oh, how disgusting! See, That's the probably epitome. Because, probably because the device is I don't know phallic or something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that, that would, hadn't occurred to me. <laughs> yeah, but that would make like a sword would be like, oh, that's a more minor patriarchal symbol that kills things and stuff. Ah, oh, do you think that's, that's what he meant? Stuff. Yeah, I think he's making a dick reference with that one. 
<sighs> well, and I was really bummed it's too. It's always obsessed with the topic. I, I always love when these kind of, uh, I don't know, these tweets go out and everyone kind of piles on and I get a kick out of that. Just like enjoying the, the pile on. And um, so I asked this guy, I was like, look, he, he, he was tweet bragging about how, how big his block list is getting. So I asked him, Hey, you know, I laughed at your tweet. I thought it was dumb. May I please have my courtesy block? Thank you, sir. In advance, never blocked me. Oh, That's, he didn't give me the satisfaction. You just weren't mean enough. Yeah. So my only question about this is why were they re reporting that there were 30 fatalities for like way longer than, than yeah. they should have been? Yeah, you're right. So this maybe, dropped. Maybe they, it's they didn't, the ones on the surface. What yeah. six? Maybe they were the ones on the surface and now they've said, oh, but there were other known operatives were inside and they've been like buried alive or something. Oh, yeah, I hope so. Mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, in, in any case, uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to say anything other than like, cool. You know, I mean, if you have something that clean and we're getting rid of uh, a lot of the stuff I've heard from the left, uh, from the fringe left, not even the left, the fringe left has been like, oh, well, they're so poor there. They have no choice but to join ISIS. So it's yeah, whatever. Like the, we we make them poor by bombing them, so they have no choice but to join ISIS or whatever. Keep in mind, if you believe the local Afghans there, it is not as though the local Afghans were like, "Hey, this sucks. I'm going to join ISIS." Maybe some of them did, but the testimony was they came in and pushed people out. I mean, people were displaced by this ISIS uh, uh, entry into this area. So it's not it's not even as simple as uh, everyone in everyone in this area of Afghanistan just going, "Ah, screw it." I'm going to be ISIS now. It's I ain't got nothing worse. else going for me. It's even worse when people are conflating this to what happened in Syria. Like your opinion has to be the same on both. So two totally different things. Yeah. Some people jumped down my throat when I said, oh, I have no problem with this. So like, oh, that means you excuse the U.S. action in Syria and all this. It's like, why? No. Why? Yeah, it's that's a state actor. I, I don't have a problem with Assad because he's the lesser of two evils, specifically because he's fighting the same group we just bombed. We should be helping them bomb them more. I would think that'd be a better world to live in. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I, I guess you're always a hypocrite on something. That's pretty. There's pretty much no way out of it. We're always going to be hypocritical on a, a million different things. But I guess I hadn't even considered these. Um, I, I hadn't considered these together really, just because, as you're describing, like we we are in fighting against ISIS. I guess should not come as a surprise. Whereas for a lot of people, Syria was a surprise too. It, it sort of you didn't really expect that to happen. Trump had been actively opposed to this Syrian intervention for a long time. Uh, at least um, to Trump's point, there was never. Uh, Trump has always been saying, uh, "We're gonna, you know, we're gonna bomb the hell out of ISIS. We're gonna kick ISIS's ass. I have a problem to, or I have a, a plan to knock ISIS off the face of the earth." All this, right, right. Um, all this elevated language on ISIS. So. I don't know. I mean, even just, um, I think that was one thing that was frustrating for a lot of people on Syria was it felt like a betrayal of what Trump had campaigned on and what he had said regarding foreign intervention. And, and this was an example where it was like, yeah. Okay, and it was yeah. hypocritical because of the previous, the 2013 tweets about Syria Yeah. and his stated, yeah. you know, objectives regarding Syria. Everybody felt betrayed, I think. Yeah. Well, uh, lucky for everyone, it basically didn't do anything. And I think <laughs> we were talking about it's basically like By design, I think I've, I think I've heard design. sticks say similar things too. Is you know just kind of like a a big military muscle flexing to be like, hey, look how look how cool and powerful we are. And to a certain extent, the the Moab might be that too. Although certainly the Moab appears to have been 
uh, had a stronger effect than the than the Syria strike. And it's a lot cheaper. Apparently, we're already built. We might as well use them before they're no longer useful. Oh, they're just collecting dust, are they? They ever oh, go uh, three in problem at the same time, possibly. You ever get a like a garage sale deal on a Moab? They ever try to clear <laughs> out their stock? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway, um, if you guys are comfortable moving on, uh, we haven't talked about this. Everybody's talked about this. I was tempted to, to hop in this week and do a video on it, but it was just one of those where it was like, oh, God, I, I don't know if I can come yeah. up with an original opinion. Um, it's a bit saturated. Everybody made a video on it for sure. I couldn't believe how much, the, when I first saw it breaking, I was like, eh. Like I, I didn't, I didn't dig into it because I, I at first I thought, well, this guy probably did something awful to get dragged off a plane. He probably was being a jackass and got dragged off a plane. That's sort of what I thought. And then as you look into it, that's not exactly what happened. Um, but to give the context, if, if you haven't heard, which pretty much everyone has, but United Airlines overbooks this flight from Chicago to to Louisville, I believe, or somewhere in Kentucky, and um, they need four of their their workers to fly on this flight and they've, they've booked it to capacity they have to fill it with these workers so four people got to go normally the airlines say hey we'll cut you a sweet deal if you uh take a later flight you know we'll give you a voucher for airfare later we'll give you x y or z well nobody took those or at least not enough people took those so then they chose people who had to get kicked off the off the plane minor setting is by lot correctly they just we're gonna draw names that's pretty much what happened right and one of the names the at least the most well-known name is this Dr. David Dow, who is a 69-year-old trying to fly back home to Kentucky. And at this, of the key, th there are a few things in this conflict that I think are key. So he, he, he refuses to come off the plane and he's forcibly removed. But the, it wasn't United who forcibly removed him. It's this, this Chicago aviation police who were put to the task by United. Uh, so he gets drug off the plane. We'll check out the footage that everyone has seen. Most people have seen momentarily. Apparently suffered a broken nose, had a concussion, lost two teeth, and has some kind of sinus problem that will require, require surgery to fix. Jeez. Um, the CEO then comes out, the United CEO, and at first, you know, defends the airline and says Dow was being belligerent and kind of throws him under the bus took a lot of heat for that. I forget how much the value of the company dropped or how much their stock dropped. It was, it was massive. Uh, we're talking like hundreds of millions of dollars in lost value because of this weird, bizarre incident. So he kind of had to backtrack on that a little bit. Um, they, he later apologized. They refunded every passenger. They say they're going to change the policy. Um, what I love about this too, the last little detail is, so Dr. Dow is Vietnamese. And he fled Vietnam in the 70s. So at some point, you know, like either during or immediately after the, the conflict in Vietnam, he, fl he flees. And I guess he came to America at that time. <laughs> but he said about this, that this was, quote, more horrifying and terrible than Vietnam. <laughs> Which, Ooh. come on, come on, dude. I mean, I think there are a lot of different ways to take a look at this. We'll look at the footage, but more i don't know watch this more horrifying and terrible than vietnam okay um let's check out the footage here so this is this is what happened to dr dow can't they run a car for the pilots and have them drive? Ah! 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 Ah
Oh my god. Oh my god. No. My god. My god. What are you doing? No, this is wrong. Oh my god. Look at what you did to him. Now, I can't tell if he's like knocked out or if he's just doing the child thing of like, I'm going to. He's doing dead body weight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to make you do the maximum amount of work to get me out of here. The weird thing is he came back on the plane. So check this footage. He comes back on the plane <laughs> and his whole reasoning was I need to get back home um, to to treat patients in the morning. That's why he didn't want to leave the flight. He comes back on all bloody and he's saying, I have to go home. I have to go home. And he's kind of in this weird trance-like state. And he, he says he has no memory of doing this, which I guess would be indicative of like, I don't know, some type of brain injury, perhaps. I'm not a, I'm not a doctor on these things, but this, be what, this behavior of his right here is, is certainly strange, whatever's going on. I have to go home. 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 Just kill me. Just kill me. Kill me. Just kill me. Kill me. Just kill me. Just kill me. So I I hate to invite speculation about someone's what has happened to them injury wise or medical condition wise, but something is very strange, whatever's happening there. Yeah, I don't know. When I watched this footage, I kind of felt like, just get up and get off the plane, dude. Like, I'm sorry. This really sucks. Like, this really sucks. But just do it. <laughs> God. Yeah. In that second one, if he doesn't have, like, a, some sort of trauma to his brain, my I guess my guess would be he's setting up for a lawsuit. You know, because yeah. he knows he's recording, he can use that in court. He's, oh, my head was bashed in so badly, I had, like, brain damage. And, and if he's a doctor, he's, like, trained in medicine, he'd know what the symptoms were. He could replicate those perfectly. That is so, so that he's would be setting up to give them a, a grand slam and walk away with tens of millions, or I don't know, maybe just totally screwed up at the time. <laughs> that's some heavy cynicism, but um, you know, <laughs> I'm with of, him, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. No, normally blonde fills the cynicism quota on this show, so <laughs> thank you for helping her out and supplementing that. Uh, so but I, I share, I mean, that that was my reaction to obviously whatever happened with United. Not great, okay? It's not, you don't want to have this situation happening. A few things are confusing. Like, you're telling me you can't create a deal sweet enough for people to volunteer? Seems to me you up, you up the offer until someone accepts. Like, that, that exactly. should be yeah. pretty easy to do. But to the extent maybe their, polit their policy dictates otherwise and they're following their policy, maybe it's bad policy. I'm with you. Like, if that happened to me, I'd probably, maybe I'd be pissed. Maybe I'd be like, what the fuck? And maybe I'd get mad. Maybe I'd have some choice words. But he clearly resisted pretty heavily. I mean, he's screaming. He, th people were pissed at the United Airlines uh, CEO for calling him belligerent. I don't know if belligerent is the right word, but there's an element of resistance there that I don't think is necessary. And then he got back on the plane all bloody so that people could film him. I know well, your game, little man. I do that, or he's he's a crazy person. Oh, yeah, maybe yeah. He, I don't know. Maybe he was so severely injured that. But that's another question too: is how was he like apprehended or subdued? And the, but how did he get like free and come back into yeah, the plane? No sense. I don't know. So I, I, my my conclusion on this is that I just there really are no good guys. I don't look at this situation and think like, well done to basically anyone involved. Um, I maybe the police were excessive in force, but at the same time, it's it's like, what are you supposed to do? I mean, the decision is that four people are going to have to go. The policy is that we've decided it by lot. You have to go because you've been you've been selected. What are the police supposed to do? Are they, I mean, 
please, pretty please, Mr. Dow, pretty. There's people waiting. The plane's got to go. Other planes have to taxi in. They have to fill up. They have to fly out. You know how the airport is. It's it's scheduled. It's there's a lot of stuff going on. You can't just sit there. And, and that was not their first method for extraction. I mean, that yeah. was their last resort, I'm sure. Yeah, but they could have like dragged him out without punching him in the face. And like they can't make the excuse of, oh, well, we had to subdue him quick because maybe he'd whip out a knife or something. He's already gone through the checking. Like through the security checkpoints, he's yeah, obviously that, not armed. He that self-defense argument gets a little weak in that context. Yeah, right? yeah, really. Well, <laughs> he's going to be totally loaded, so I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, it, it, it's fascinating. And in, in this era, uh, you think about the consequences that one mishap like this in the era of everyone having a camera in their pocket can have for a company like United. Um, man, if you if you run any kind of company that's at all similar maybe not even airlines but just any situation in which a whole bunch of customers are congregated like this and if one person is even remotely abused or mistreated whew, your your whole company can get detonated in an in instant so you know if you um if you're having some doubts about your customer service policies or you know any loopholes in there that might uh come back to bite you'd be a good time to sit down and get those sorted out if you're a member of uh, any corporate boards out there that would like to preserve the value of your company crazy times well, I guess we should talk about this Sean Spicer thing. Yeah, yeah. So that was, uh, I put that soundbite in at the top of the show because uh, I, I love this gaffe. Like, oh, it was <sighs> so cringe. That was so hard to listen to. Oh, I feel <laughs> bad for him. Myself. That job would be a fucking nightmare. Yes, I'm with you there. I do, to be clear, his job description is you will defend Donald Trump to the end of the earth and you will never <laughs> yield an inch. Uh, no, thank you. Or how much money do you have? Let's put it that way. It's probably yeah. not enough. Um, so, so he's the context for this is it's his press conference on Tuesday. I think um, he is told he actually just volunteered this. As far as I understand, he was talking about the Syria strikes. He says, "Oh, you know, Assad is so terrible." The the leader, uh, what's his title? Is he president of Syria? I don't know what his title is. Assad is so terrible. Uh, he's actually worse than Hitler because Hitler didn't even use chemical weapons. Uh, and then he's asked to clarify. He's like, oh, I meant, you know, he didn't use chemical weapons on his own people. Now, what he said, as you say, is is it's a bad quote. But as it, as is the classic script with all things Trump, there is a, a misspeak. Uh, and then there is a, a reaction that is way over the top and attributes a level of malice that is just entirely ridiculous. So what I have is, um, was, is Spicer's original quote, a reporter at the press conference asked him to clarify. He kind of almost digs himself deeper a little bit, but then yeah. I'm watching the news the next morning and it, on the today show. And it's full of like, everyone says Spicer should be fired or must resign. And the reason isn't necessarily incompetence. I, I could maybe entertain that argument. The reason is, you know, anti-Semite hates the Jews. That's why he, that's why he has to go. And then they say, oh, and he did it during this week, the the week of Passover, you know? Oh yes. I'm sure he, he plotted this to just be as anti-Semitic as possible. Uh, Here is um, what Spicer said as well as, uh, as well as the coverage that I'm talking about. We didn't use chemical weapons in World War II. Someone as despicable as Hitler who didn't even sink to the, to the, to using chemical weapons. I just want to give you the opportunity to clarify something you said that seems to be gaining some traction right now. Uh, quote, Hitler didn't even sink to the level of using chemical weapons. What did you mean by that? I, I think when you come to sarin gas, uh, there was no, he was not using the gas on his own people the same way that 
Ashad is doing. I mean, there was clearly. I, I, I understand your point. Thank you. I, I thank you. I appreciate that. There was not in the in the he brought him into the to um, to the Holocaust Center. I and that was the other thing that people hated the Holocaust centers. <laughs> oh, this is horrible. This is like torture. Well, just wait. You know, understand. Yeah. We'll have some mild redemption in the form of overreaction. So I'm saying in the way that Assad used them, where he went into towns, dropped them down to innocent into the middle of towns, it was brought to it. So the use of it, and I appreciate the clarification there, that was not the intent. Sean Spicer quickly tried to clean up that controversy. It came during the most celebrated holiday on the Jewish calendar, Passover. I'm absolutely sorry, especially during a week like this, to make a comparison that has, uh, that is inappropriate and inexcusable. Still, the backlash was immediate on air. And those comments were insensitive and ignorant without question. And online, Barbara Streisand blasting Spicer for saying Hitler didn't <laughs> use chemical weapons on his own people. You mean six million Jews don't count? Uh. The top Democrat in the House, Nancy Pelosi, calling for Spicer to be fired. Nancy Pelosi says you should be fired. Is your job safe? I, I, I well, you know what, I, uh, made a mistake. I'm owning up to it. And, uh, you know, this is, uh, obviously I would expect, or I'd hope that, uh, that everyone understands that we all make mistakes and ask for forgiveness. Now, what I love the word, the word choice there, insensitive, like I'll grant this was dumb and within the context of a very difficult job is a dumb comment that's bound to happen eventually. Insensitive though, you have to attribute like this malicious motive to, right, to, right. to get Which there. I'm not willing to do because this was an agreed upon talking point that they had discussed. And I think I heard Mattis perhaps mention something very similar. Um, You're telling me this so was kinda, planned? They wanted to go well, out and I say think this? That they, well, I think that they had discussed like that they had discussed it. I mean, two people mm. within the administration had mentioned it. And so I'm not oh. entirely sure that this was something that was just off the cuff for him. Mattis uh, which said somehow it too, makes or who, it worse. who was the other? I think it was Mattis. I, I might yeah. be wrong about that. The, the thing is, though, nothing about this is surprising. Spicer made a mistake, which he always does. He looked nervous. <laughs> the media jumped down his throat. And then people with a political interest in kind of what he was saying decided to use it as political leverage, like, you know, the, right, you know, right. the Southern Poverty Law Center and the ADL and groups like that. But they always do that. All, all, all he would have had to have done is say, oh, this year the White House is spending... 10% less on like the Passover decorations and they would have called him a Nazi for that yeah, too. Yeah. So, I mean, nobody's going to keep talking about it forever. Trump's not going to fire him. All right. that will happen is the media talks about it for a few days and then they forget it. They've already basically forgotten well, it. And that's, that's the big joke of all this. Uh, you know, they, they're, they're scalp hunting basically. Like, do they really care if Sean Spicer goes? Because the person who comes in is going to be a different flavor of the exact same ice cream. Basically, you're right. going to get somebody who's like Spicer, who's going to defend Trump with the exact same tenacity that you're going to hate. You're not going to get any <laughs> meaningful change. But as we've seen, I think with some of the, some of the, some of the chaos that has happened internally in this administration is perhaps due to um, internal conflict in terms of what's going on with the you know, people talk about the rift between, you know, like uh, Bannon and Kushner and Ivanka and the, the gap that exists between them ideologically and so forth. And I think some of that is probably real. However, a lot of this conflict is simply manufactured by political opponents just so they can get that scalp. You know, they want to see like the Jeff Sessions recusal and they want to see um, the General Flynn resignation, not because they care about any of the issues involved, just because they want to say, ha, 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 we got those heads on the stick. But Spicer totally capitulated. He talked about this shit all week. He wouldn't shut his mouth. Like, if you yeah. do something like this, just, you know, if you have to apologize once and then say nothing or don't apologize. 
what did he say? It was uh, something really, really groveling. Like I, I sincerely apologize, or I ask for your forgiveness. Is yeah. that what he said? And he even what granted the, the he even granted the timing. He said something to the effect of like particularly during this time, as, as though no, it matters at all. But, he, well, but he's sort of got the uh, the sad dog approach. Like he's the whipping boy of the administration. So if he sits there and says, "Oh, please don't destroy me," I apologize so severely. It's kind of gonna people say like, "Oh, he's just incompetent. Let him go." You know, ah. yeah, he's dumb, but he wasn't being malicious. Like, would a malicious person grovel like that? Mm. It's a, actually like a propaganda strategy because now the ADL and these groups won't breathe down his neck because they'd look mean. Gosh, man, you got all these like ulterior motives uh, sorted out. Yeah, it's Shakespearean. It's uh, the world's a theater. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose so. I think um, the one thing I worry about is I think, I don't know, in the case of Spicer, I think you might attribute too much. Uh, I don't know, too much competence? How about that? Like <laughs> too much foresight, too much planning? I don't know. I mean, I I don't um I don't necessarily like or dislike Spicer. I just don't think he's Yeah. But to to attribute that level of thoughtfulness to him, I think would be uh I, I don't know because W used to do the I'm dumb but I'm not malicious thing and it worked for him for eight yeah. years. That's true. Like like <laughs> oh, oh I, I was on my ranch when this happened. Don't blame me. I just want to, I want to rope cattle. It was Dick Cheney's fault. He's a dark fate. <laughs> well, the the other thing I wanted to talk about, you had mentioned before we went live, and this isn't something that, uh, certainly not something I know a lot about, but, um, but and Blonde knows a little bit about from when she was in Europe. Um, but you were mentioning that this, this Turkish referendum was this week. So this is, well, if you can explain it, this is a referendum on Erdogan's powers that was controversial previously because the, Turk, the, Turkish, the Turks were trying to send people to the Netherlands to campaign for it. The Netherlands said no, and all the Muslims rioted and so forth. Anyway, uh, what's going on with this Turkish referendum? Because that'll add closure to that story or more detail at least. Well, if you listen to like uh, Erdogan's fans, they basically say, oh, this is just turning Turkey into like a U.S. system. The last I checked, the president didn't have the right to unilaterally dissolve Congress and appoint just any bureau head who's been empowered with different legal powers at a Hmm. whim without the consent of the legislature. To those people, if any of these people who commented on the last video I made are watching right now, This has nothing in common with the U.S. presidency. This is a dictator, or at least a dictator light. The referendum, it gives him those powers. It gives him virtually unlimited powers. But he was already uh, extremely powerful to begin with. Probably what we saw in this vote, almost certain rigging. Um, It probably was not fair. (laughs) Let's just put it that way. I highly doubt that he actually has that many fans in Turkey. And I think he's leading this country in a very dark direction um, yeah i mean even even beyond his dictatorial powers um which are you know i don't know a lot about what's going on there but it, you know i could grant the premise that that seems worrisome but what from what i have seen some of the rhetoric coming out of him just in terms of like just this this uh what did he after the dutch said like your people can't come here and do political lobbying for this referendum that's going on in your country he said things like you're the remnants of nazis or something like that and you know we're gonna he's he said all this weird kind of like all this language of you know we're gonna send people in to basically populate europe and islamize it yeah weaponizing Um, migrants yeah yeah exactly exactly and how soon uh, people forget after that one incident with the turkish i think it was a couple of turkish fighters and like a russian jet that got fired at yeah he was openly threatening the russians 
This is not a sane man that's leading the nation of Turkey. And, yeah. and again, how soon people forget that. Uh, right. These Erdogan fans are saying, oh, well, you know, Russia's better than Europe and the U.S. You're all bullies and stuff. He was openly threatening Russia not that long ago. He probably just wanted to secure their backing so he could become a dictator because he figures, hey, uh, yeah, it's a little less safe, a little less wealthy, but I can do whatever I want. That's way better than just being a European power and a NATO member. I mean, you, will he even you, want to stay in NATO is a big question. Yeah. Um, do you know, does this take effect immediately or is there some kind of buffer period or what, what's the status? Uh, of, so this passes and when does he, when does he become super Erdogan basically? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure myself. Hmm. Although I guess, you know, if, if you're going to grant him a bunch of powers, I, is it necessary to wait? Who knows? I don't know. Uh, yeah, and, and then they, his, some of his fans were saying, oh, well, this isn't a dictatorship. This is democracy. We held a vote. Yeah, but it's a democratic vote to decide whether you're going to have a dictator and scrap democracy. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, well, in, and in any case, it's probably for what is already appears to be a, a tense relationship or at least a, at some level a tense relationship between um, Europe and Turkey. It's probably not a, I don't know, it's probably not a good thing for that. It's, it, there's the the... The conflict between we're talking about this when we we're last time we we're talking about the Netherlands and Turkey. Uh, the the conflict is like especially strong because of the ties between the Netherlands and Turkey. They have some sort of special relationship that's especially long. Um, but in any case, I I will. So, what's the incentive for the Turkish populace to go along with this? Like, how how is he posing this as some kind of benefit to the people? Well, one one of the commenters indicated, oh, life has gotten so much better under Erdogan in some of these like outlying regions, I guess, places that were kind of undeveloped, like roads and industry and sewage and stuff. Well, that's an important point to make because he ingratiates his, himself to these populations and says, oh, but I'm fettered. I can't do anything more to you, for you unless I have more power because all these other corrupt people, they're, they're keeping you, you know, a little bit more backwards. Give me more power and I'll make your lives better. And that's how it almost always seems to begin in these situations. It, like it happens time and time again. Nobody learns their lesson. <laughs> oh, hmm. God. What will it look well, like well, in 10 years? Yeah, like I said, you know, it's good you got your European time in when you did. Remember when Europe was Europe, man, those were the days. It was <laughs> looking pretty rough. I don't know. <laughs> No, I don't need to. I don't need to be apocalyptic about it, especially considering I don't have any level of expertise. I'm just the guy that looks at it from afar and says, huh. Looks like a lot of this migrant stuff is not working out very well. <laughs> it's I, not. Yeah. Uh, in any case, uh, we asked sticks for an hour and we're coming up on that hour. So um, I do have one other item. Um, and Blonde, did we get any? I want to make sure Super Chat people get credited. If We did. Is. I've got a list. It's uh, Avalok, Yoda Economics, Biggest Mikey, Wesley Paul, Ooh, Mikey. Um, somebody that's just MY, The hmm. Auklet. Raphael Miller and Scrollies. Thank you all for Holy your super cow. chat donations. Yeah, we, we we got a lot of money in super chats. That Thank you awesome. guys. We well, appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Patreon. We heard about the ad revenue thing earlier, but as uh, as Sticks was saying, you know, um, uh, crowdfunding is the way to keep this stuff sustainable. So that the, all that stuff, man, the Patreon and the super chat and stuff, that keeps this show happening, and it's 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 a source of stability for us. So anyone who chooses to part with a couple bucks to support this show. Uh, eternally grateful because um, believe it or not, this is a dream for Blonde and I. It may not seem like <laughs> it, and we we may not dream big, but we have our little show. Uh, the other thing about this show, 
course, is that it is a show, it is a show, I should say, of integrity, of course. Uh, and when I get things wrong, I fake news myself. So last week, uh, you, you'll recall, Blonde, I said, what was I talking about? Something about how, you know, social justice, people of the social justice persuasion, the social justice warriors, I name dropped Anita Sarkeesian. I said, show me the video where any of them or Anita Sarkeesian specifically say, hey, this is good enough. I like this thing. Under the, and I was, I was, of course, speaking hyperbolically, but in my Twitter mentions, I got a few um, examples. Here's one, uh, one uh, feminist frequency video from 2015. This is Anita Sarkeesian, quick clip. The hero of the 2011 pixelated adventure game Sword and Sorcery is a brave adventurer known only as the Scythian. Sword and Sorcery gives us a female protagonist and encourages us to see her as a hero first and foremost, one who also just happens to be a woman. So, you know, rules are rules. I am fake news. You Anita are Sarkeesian fake news. Very fake news. Is sometimes satisfied. I stand corrected. And uh, I appreciate everyone who tells me I'm wrong when I say Anita doesn't like anything ever. Uh, as always, you're welcome on the show, Anita. Um, by the way, I wasn't going to get into this. Also, um, um, what's her name? Franny. Franny, you're welcome on the show. Uh, so I made I made the video about Decoded last week, and she Francesca Ramsey like went on this bizarre Twitter rant about me calling me a liar and then this and that and that. I'm not a liar. Um, and she's welcome on the show to discuss in good faith anytime. Ooh, it's, that would be so great. It's not going to happen. Oh, by the way, <laughs> one thing before we close out too. Um, the results were in. It was about 60-40 to have River Gibbs on the show. Uh, sticks oh, to clue God you in. This was, um, this was a very bizarre person who made a response video to Blonde that is just... It is it is meme-level cringe. It is unbelievable-level cringe. And she didn't want to have him on the show, and I did. So we put it up to the audience for a vote to decide if we're going to host this person to discuss. It was about 60-40. So, um, so I will reach out to Mr. River Gibbs this oh, week. Fine. <laughs> we'll Whatever. See, we'll, fine. We'll see if we can get this uh, this person on for people who are curious about the closure to that. That little uh, twink gets ten minutes. Ten minutes. If nothing else, he um he gave us amazing sound bites. I put that in at the start of the show tonight. Newsflash, bimbo! I'm saving that forever. <laughs> oh my god. In any case, we're boring sticks to death, but I do appreciate uh, sticks for uh, for coming on the show, man. Uh, like I said, uh, our audience I know loves you, and uh, I hope we can have you back sometime soon. And I look forward to um, to to keeping uh, keeping up with your stuff and enjoying your insights and your analysis and all the good stuff you've been putting on YouTube for uh, for quite some time. Yeah, I'd be willing to come back anytime. It was a pleasure. Ooh, Thanks, now Dave. you're you, now you're on the record. I don't know if you wanted to do because <laughs> we might hold you to that. In any case, um, that is our guest. Uh, that's Six Hex and Hammer Six Six Six. You can find his channel linked atop the description. His Twitter is there as well. Um, if you do get in touch with Sticks, tell him we sent you. Uh, let him know and um, make sure you support his stuff because he's a great guy. And uh, anyway, to our uh, to our live chatters, especially our super chatters, thank you as well for supporting the show. Really appreciate it. Keeping us honest, shit posting away, making the show more fun for the live viewers. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube uh, or on an audio platform on demand, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. You can get more of the show on the audio platforms. Uh, so iTunes, Google Play, anywhere you find your podcasts. You can find us. Uh, it's all linked in the description for you. And you can email us, Beauty and the Beta at gmail.com we take your anger we take your complaints we take your corrections we take your abuse as well as your praise and we appreciate the praise as well that's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com we'll be back next sunday 
Because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, let's not make the press. Speedy on the beta, we'll see you then.